the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. Let's ask ourselves this question. Do I make godly decisions in every aspect of my life? There's only one answer, either yes or no. There is no in-between. Once we decide to live for Christ, every decision we make in every area of our lives is to be based on the Word of God. Anything less is hypocritical and dishonors our sovereign God in whom we move, live, and have our being. Listen as Pastor Rander challenges us to make godly decisions in a godless culture. Have your Bible, pen, and paper handy as you will want to take notes. Amen. Have your Bibles turn with us to the book of Isaiah, chapter 62, verses 6 and 7. We're going to deviate from the book of Genesis, and uh, we're going to deal with issues that's relating to the times that we are in. But, uh, but Isaiah 62, uh, chapter 62, verses 6 and 7, you'll find something of profound significance there. I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest. And give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and make her the praise of the earth. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach making godly decisions in a godless culture. Making godly decisions in a godless culture. Our nation, the United States of America, is becoming increasingly secular in attempting to divorce God out of every sector of society. Christians are being targeted and persecuted for the cause of Christ. And if we refuse to stand and be a voice in the wilderness and make godly decisions in a godless culture, we will not be able to turn the tide and keep this country from imminent destruction. The signs of judgment are ever so present all around us. And what is so sad is that our nation and even Christians fail to be like the sons of Issachar in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, who understood the times to know what Israel ought to do. My friend, do you really understand the gravity of the perilous times we are facing? Behold how other nations such as Italy and Spain and Greece and Portugal are teetering on bankruptcy. And even here in America, we have the raging wildfires across our country. We have tornadoes. We have mosquitoes carrying the West Nile virus causing sickness and death that we thought was gone but has come back with a vengeance. Can you see the handwriting on the wall? 
Behold the increase in the the violence where there are mass killings of unsuspecting victims in public and religious venues as we're witnessing across the country. The sons of Issachar understood the times and knew what Israel ought to do. Can that be said of you, church? America is at a critical crossroad and we need to humble ourselves, pray, repent, and return to God, return back to God now or we shall face imminent destruction just like other nations preceding us. We have now selfish, ungodly men and women in the leadership of our nation and even in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ who need to be removed from office and we should vote in God-fearing righteous persons who will take a stand to preserve our Judeo-Christian values. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 2. You need to write down every scripture for your own personal reading. Proverbs 29.2 says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. You see, my friends, God posted watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem to guard the city from surprise enemy attacks. Watchmen were were posted uh, on the walls to, to detect and identify lurking enemies and suspicious activities. God sets watchmen on the walls of our nation to sound the alarm when there is impending danger. The purpose of the watchmen was to watch carefully night and day, and whatever they saw, they were to announce so that God's people would know how to prepare and respond for imminent danger. Preachers nowadays are scared to preach for the sake of political correctness. But God has a word for preachers who don't stand tall and flat-footed and preach the good news of Jesus Christ regardless of what people think. I need everybody with the Bible to turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. There's a word for every pastor, for every priest, uh, for every person who stands up in the pulpit and preach the gospel. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17 through 19 says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. Verse 18, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. That's why I preach. That's why I don't care about what folk think. That's why I don't care whether people get huffy and puffy and mad, because I'm not going to get your whipping. 
I am not going to get your whooping because I didn't tell you what God told me to tell you because of what you might think or what you might get upset about. I'd rather have you upset and God pleased than to have God angry and you happy. I'm free so hard because your blood is not going to be on my hand. So when you stand before God, you'll hear God say, you had a pastor called Randall Draper who told you the truth. Now, why didn't you do it? Why didn't you do it? As your pastor, God has set me along with other shepherds around this nation as watchmen on the walls of America. You see, my friends, the foundation of our nation is being destroyed by political correctness. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by tolerance. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by relativism. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by greed. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by sexual perversion. The, the foundation of our nation is being destroyed by pluralism that says all roads leads to heaven. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by false doctrine. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by the sin of pornography that's sweeping the globe. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by gambling. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by adultery in society. And even in the church, people are hanky-panking around. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by drugs. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by sensual dress. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by the debt crisis. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by gender reassignment surgery. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by witchcraft such as Harry Potter that some of you are looking at. I submit to you today, ladies and gentlemen, that Psalms 11, chapter 11, verse 3 says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do, says Psalms 11 and 3. What about the separation of church and state? You hear separation of church and state. Separation, listen, don't you believe everything you hear? You better search the records and know it for yourself. This is a misleading argument repeatedly trumpeted by secularists who denounce biblical morality and truth. As you already probably know, this often repeated mantra appears nowhere in our founding or governing documents. No church should rule over the state or the state over any church. They are both created by God to fulfill separate but interrelated purposes. Now, what they really mean by the separation of church and state, let me tell you what they really mean so you won't buy into that philosophy. What they mean, what, they re- what is really meant by this phrase is a separation of God from government. They don't want God in government. What they don't want is, they they want to divorce Christians from the public square. They don't want Christians to have a voice in society. This, we as Christians should unapologetically reject. We believe that since God ordained government, 
he would have his people to influence it. As God's children on earth, we are his advocates. As such, we must defend the word of God in every aspect of our lives, including the way in which we present ourselves to the world, the words we say, the decisions we make, the way we dress, etc. As we consistently apply the word to our lives and inspire others to do the same, we are blessed by God to be counted among his chosen generation, royal priesthood, and holy nation. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Psalms 33, 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. I pose another question to you. Should Christians be socially and politically involved? Yes. The Bible speaks to all issues of life socially and politically. The Bible gives a clear Christian view of love and compassion. The Bible gives a clear Christian view of sin and judgment. The Bible is clear about the consequences of sin, the character of God, the lordship of Jesus Christ, and what God requires of his children who lives in a fallen, sin-cursed world. Now, you're not going to hear messages like this on CNN and Fox News and CNBC, but you will hear it at Maranatha Bible Church. If you don't like, how many of you don't like what you're seeing out there? How many of you are hearing things, seeing things that just ruffle your so-called feathers? If you don't like what you see in the political arena, why don't you be a part of the solution and run for office to make a difference for the cause of Christ? We need Christian lawyers. We need Christian judges. We need Christian congressmen and senators and school board peoples and so forth. Where are the righteous? Where, 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 where is the salt and light in our countries that Christians ought to be? This country is on a fast spiritual decline. Instead of talking about problems, why don't we be a part of the solution and get involved in running for office? Now, if you expect me to run for office, you're going to be waiting. God called me to the pulpit. I have the highest calling in the land. I am to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. I'm to mobilize you and to motivate you to get engaged in the government from the lowest level to the highest level and be a Christian voice where you are serving. That's nonsense that Christians are not to be involved in politics. God used Pharaoh to elevate Joseph who was in a godless and idolatrous culture to, to govern and give leadership over the land of Egypt. Joseph was raised up by God to second in command to Pharaoh. He was engaged in government at next to the highest level in a, gov- in a godless culture, in a culture that was full of idols But he was a godly man that stood up for God in the times in which he lived in that God, that godless paganistic culture. Look at Genesis chapter 41 verses 38 through 41. 
Genesis 41 is all in the Bible here. We're coming from the Bible. Genesis 41, chapter 41, verses 38 through 41, and then verse 44. The scripture says, and Pharaoh said to his servant, can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. He's a pagan, pagan king talking about uh, God's man. He, verse 40, you shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Look at that. How he's going to be engaged in government. Look, look there. And look at that. And all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Look at verse 44. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, Joseph, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of of Egypt. Here he was involved as a godly man in a godless culture full of idolatry, but God raised him up for the, for the preservation of lives. Now, my friends, I'm, I read that passage to say this, since God is the one who established and ordained government, he wants his people, Christians, to be actively involved to influence it. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Appointed by God. God established government, and since he is the establisher of government, would he not want his people to be a part of what he has established? Now, some people are highly confused about how to vote and, and, and who to vote for. Let me just clear up your thinking. What should you look for in a political candidate seeking office? It is not just about the president. It is about a plethora of offices of where candidates are running from, from the highest level down to the lowest level. So what should you look for in political candidates seeking office? Let me give you some divine guidance. Number one, if you are not registered to vote, you cannot participate in the process in the first place and be a responsible Christian citizen on earth. I wonder how many of you are registered to even vote. If, you, if you're not registered to vote and you don't vote, be quiet. You're part of the problem. Because you are not uh, using that sacred vote to the glory of God. Number two, what should you look for in a, Christian, uh, in, in a political candidate? First of all, you got to be registered to vote. Then, secondly, don't select a candidate based solely on political affiliation. For all parties, political parties, have both good and corrupt individuals within those organizations. Whether it's Republican Party, Tea Party, Democratic Party, Independent, No Pendant, Dependent, whatever it is. Okay? 
Your allegiance should be only to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Actually, to be honest with you, I'm going to just cut to the chase. It is really unbiblical for you to call yourself a Democrat. It is unbiblical for you to call yourself a Tea Party. It is unbiblical for you to call yourself a Republican or an Independent. It is more biblical for you to call yourself a Christian. It is more biblical for you to call yourself a saint unless you are ain't. It is more biblical for you to call yourself an ambassador for Christ. It is more biblical for you to call yourself salt and light and you're on a pilgrim through this barren land. Call yourself what God call you and don't subjugate yourself to the system titlements, titles of this world system. Uh, 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 number three, don't select a candidate based solely on their race. You don't vote for a man because they're black anymore. You vote for, any more than you vote for a man because they're white. You don't vote for a man because of their appearance or how they look. I hope you never call a preacher because he's cute. You don't vote for a person because of their oratorical skills. You say, I tell you. I tell you, tell me not to. Because 1 Samuel 16, 7 says something emphatically there. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical statue because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Y'all get carried away by color. Y'all get carried away by looks. Y'all get carried away by oratorical skills, debating skills, and all of these things. You know, you can be a good debater and a bad president. Or perhaps you might be a bad debater, but you might be a good president. You see, you, you, you got to look in the spirit about this business. Number four, it is not wise to select a candidate by what is said or promised. It is not wise to select a candidate by what is said or promised. This is often meaningless when they get into office. Haven't you seen people say one thing before they get in office, but after they get in office, you wonder what happened to all those promises that they made. So don't go by that. Number five, refuse to select a candidate just because you know him or her or some friend of yours know them. When voting, allow the Lord to direct you and not the voice of people. That's big. Refuse to select a candidate just because you know him, know him or her or some friend of yours know them. When voting, allow the Lord to direct you and not the voice of people. Number six, when don't choose a candidate because he or she is the smartest person or has had the most experience in politics. Just because they've been in politics a long time don't mean they write. There have been some devils in office a long time. We must choose candidates who will rule in the fear of God. 
We must choose candidates who will rule in the fear of God. It's not based on smartness of the longevity or tenure of their being in office. Number seven, refuse to allow the media, your friends, and people of influence to tell you who you should vote for. Now that one, you're getting quiet on that one now. Refuse to allow the media, your friends and people to influence you and tell you who you should vote for. If you are saved, how many of you are saved and you know you're saved? No doubt about it, you know you're saved. All right. If you are saved, the spirit of the living God lives within you and he will lead you into a godly decision. Huh? He will lead you. The Holy Spirit will lead you into a godly decision. You don't need anybody to be the Holy Spirit for you. Even though it is a good thing to encourage people to register and vote, we want to encourage people to register to vote. We must refuse to be God in the lives of people. You're not to email. You're not to tweet. You're not to Facebook. You're not to text or tell people who to vote for and then turn around and get upset when they don't vote like you. This is a tremendous sign of spiritual immaturity. You need to pray. What do you do then? Pray before you vote. Hear God. Vote the issues according to scriptures. Then be yourself quiet and trust God. The kingdom is not about talk. We must not be driven by people. We must not be driven by the media. And we must not be driven by our own emotions. Let the Holy Ghost be your guide. Let the word of God be your guide. And let prayer be your guide. If Christians, here's a big one. If Christians would only be as passionate about witnessing for Christ as they are about their politics, we would turn this nation upside down for Jesus Christ. People get mad when they hear things that's contrary to their ideology, their philosophy, or who they, if you don't vote like them, and you go another direction, or you have another type of thing. They get furious. But you know what? I wish we get mad. I wish you get mad that you weren't out here on the streets yesterday. Telling folk about Jesus Christ. Not, they were not knocking on doors yesterday. How many of you were here? People don't get mad at that. You ought to get mad when you're not in prayer meeting. You ought to get mad when you don't take Holy Communion. You ought to be mad when you miss your opportunity to, to not witness to that waitress or to that person in the doctor's office or the dentist's office. You, that ought to disturb you. But no, we get mad about our politics. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things He says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to Him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.